Welcome to Critical Ditto, the Pokemon role-playing podcast listened to you and done by us. Run by us. No, let me go again. Let me go again. You'd, you'd have thought by now I'd have, like, a thing that I say, right? Yeah, you would. Does anyone have, like, one that they were like, oh, that was good when you said that, Stuart? I think there was one time you just went, hey, welcome to Critical Ditto. I hate you all and can't believe you're still here, which I thought was risky, but I liked it. Welcome to Critical Ditto. I hate you all and I... And I don't want you here, or mm. I can't believe you're still here. I think semantics are not the problem here, if I'm yeah, honest with you. Yeah, I think that's two things, Stu. <laughs> Whatever you go with, you have to be confident. I think that proved then, even when I told you what to say, you still couldn't confidently deliver it. So I think <laughs> we just need to go through a couple of confidence exercises. Welcome to... to Critical Ditto, where we're all about confidence. My name's Stuart, and I'm running the game. You're and... about confidence. <laughs> this is a huge con. This is a huge con. <laughs> and we're at a con. We're at a con. Big convention. <laughs> Uh, I am heading over to the cosplay booth where I find Tom Dale. Tell us about you, Tom. That's a, uh, as I'm first. I'll have to go with the initial setup to establish the setup properly. Oh, no, oh, sorry, sorry to constrain you like that. Well, Tom. okay. Well, thank you for bringing coming to me first. Yes, I'm here at the cosplay stall where I am cosplaying as my favourite character, Brandy. Brandy is the ex-cheerleader of the Pokemon champion Gary Smoke on a quest to turn her father from a Celio into a human being once again. On Brandy's team, I have my six children here cosplaying as all of those uh, characters. Uh, my son Jimmy is cosplaying as Wimpy the Baneary. Uh, my son Gary is obviously... Um, cosplaying as Dr. Bunnelby. Uh, my daughter June is cosplaying as Gary the Skaroopy. <laughs> my toddler is, as yet unnamed, is role-playing as Snorleone the Munchlax. I had to steal a child to play Flower the Meltan, and they have with them a baby who's playing Flower's little bell sprout. And finally, my grandma is playing Lightning McQueen, which the irony is not lost on, on me, but she told me she was a great sprinter in her day. But now I'd like to actually see what's going on on over at the far end of the convention hall there seems to be a bit of a commotion what's happening over there it looks like david leaves me it is i david performing the caramel dancer dressed as sailor jupiter just as it always should be <laughs> and always has been um, no wonder there's a commotion <laughs> uh, <laughs> the skirt is just as short and uh, all and... i'm saying people is Critical Detail live show have big expectations. <laughs> also in this particularly uh, uh, fascinating dance routine is the non-binary and sardonic former priest of the Church of Slow King, Theo. And also as part of this dance troupe are none other than a bunch of very sexy anthropomorphic Pokemon. Probably not that sexy, actually. Just ignore that part. But um, we have got a Medicham. We have got a Swadloon. We have got a Kabuto, which should have evolved a couple of episodes ago, and I'm still mad about it. Uh, Togekiss. <laughs> uh, a Barbarical and a Combi. And then uh, whilst I'm in the middle of uh, another classic uh, para-para move, I happen to look look across at the main stage and there is none other than Alistair Hill. Alistair, what are you, what are you doing up there? On the main stage in my natural habitat, answering qu- questions in a Q&A about my character, Kenny Mallet. Uh, what are these? some of these questions? Well, one of them is what he's doing in this podcast. He is on a quest to find out more about his weird poker powers. Another question is what's he like? He's quite nice. Um, and- <laughs> Searing Q&A uh, Another question from you at the back What Pokemon do you have? <laughs> I'll tell you A Dartrix 
called bow tie, a Gyarados called moustache, a Salandit called hoops that also potentially could have evolved a couple of episodes, but keeps fainting all the time. <laughs> I have a Honchko called Fedora, who I don't think I've used. I have a Spiritum called Swirly, who I tried to use, and it didn't go so well. Um, I have a Joltic called Fleek, who's a secret MVP, and I have a Kamoa called King Thrust, just waiting in the wings, just just lurking in the background. And speaking of lurking in the background, I'm going to hand you back to the guy uh, in binoculars who couldn't afford to get into the con because it cost £200, ah! Stuart Clark. Embarrassingly, just sat outside in a tree. <laughs> but I spy something through my little spyglass going through the window. My God, is that... Is that a previously on Critical Ditto? No, it's me, um, dressed as a nun, because I thought this was a convent, not a convention. Oh, here he comes. Silly me. Here he comes. (laughs) Previously on Critical Role. No, no, try again. Wait, this isn't Critical No, no, no. Are you sure? Yes. Oh. Get it right or I'll do it. Okay. Previously on Roller Dice. Give me the... Previously on Critical Ditto. Emerging from the doorway of the seven-foot cloaked figure of Varn. Today's event, I've decided to postpone. Barry nods to his bishop. In a silhouette cast by the light from the warden's office, we see the bishop deftly remove Varn's head from his elongated robed body. The event takes place today. No interruptions. You are ejected from the portal, and you can hear a yell from the other side of the door. Sanctuary! Please! Please, Sanctuary! Inquisitor Rain Eisenthorn tumbles into the chaplaincy. Helsing's gone mad. I am the prisoner of an extreme ball. There is a specific form of extreme ball that can capture humans. Only the one who was captured, a human, a Pokemon in an extreme ball, can be the one to release them. And therefore, for me to be free, I need Shine to release me. I'll release your Karkol once that's been achieved. Legend says there is a sigil protected by the Church of Slaslow that prevents capture. Theo, you know there is a sigil on the top of that Togekiss oh, yeah. box. Togekiss performs this beautiful aria. Theo, again, it's almost like you hear the voices of the previous rebel church members saying, the sigil, the box, use it, use the box. And it comes to you, that understanding that this is the one, the symbol that all of you have been searching for in your fight against extreme balls. Everyone gets this sigil, and Mr. N eventually breaks the silence. We have the tome. We need to get it out of this prison safely. Surely that is the priority now here. There is no way I am leaving this prison with a lot of poker-powered people incarcerated where they could be captured by an extreme ball. And with that, the assembled team, the squadron, rise, ready for the biggest game of their lives, the defeat of Team Helsing. You've made it. After traversing the deadly mountainous ridges of the Hitmonlayer Mountains and surviving a colossal stampede, heading through underground vast mine tunnels and overcoming the mind-bending alien landscape of the shattered meteorite, and finally braving a dimension-shifting portal that threatened to shatter your very timeline, you're here, inside the core prison, Formia's most impregnable fortress of incarceration built into a crater made from the shard of a meteorite which once threatened to wipe out the entire region. This multi-layered subterranean complex is sci-fi, neon, cyberpunk, dystopian hell. Lighting is harsh and nauseating beneath infrequently exposed halogen bulbs, but oppressively dark in between. 
Cell blocks are spread over levels of varying depth, across the perimeter of the enormous crater from which the prison is built. Access between them is less restricted by doors, more by the dizzying thought of having to traverse the railingless steps and iron gate bridges that span the sickening drop into blackness below. Thematic architecture is non-existent. Everything is built for a purpose and nothing more. Impact font numbers painted with age-stripped paint decry the different floors, whilst hastily erected Helsing banners are draped from pipe-laden rafters. Claydol, with mounted floodlights, hover across the open expanse in the centre of the prison, shining their piercing beams of light wherever they see fit. Cells themselves are built into the perimeter rock, heavy steel doors with unseen locks, the only clue that anyone even resides in them. On the first level of the prison, overlooking its entirety, is the Warden's office. Immediately beneath that is a large atrium-like chamber. Under previous Wardens, this would have been used for prisoner processing, a flexible metallic space dehumanising in its sparsity. Under Helsing, however, the hall has been repurposed to become a media centre, with an erected stage ready for the team's mysterious event broadcast. Okay. So, basically, how I see this first bit, if you remember that episode at the start of Sky Attack, Team Nautilus were attacking the train, and we kind of zoomed in on little bits of the train to find out how certain people were doing in their defence of, uh, of the train. Who can forget Poppins the Gyarados? <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of how I see this bit as well. Now, I've got some suggestions for missions that we need to be accomplished prior to the event. The event is the ticking clock that hangs over all this. There's the General Phillips Candy attempted release, which obviously Hannah has a stake in. We've got uh, Rain, Shine, and the Extreme Balls. Rain has promised Brandy to uh, to release Lightning McQueen if they're helped with being released themselves from a, an experimental Extreme Ball from Shine. We've got planning an escape. How are you going to get out? afterwards uh and then i don't know i might just take it to you guys and be like any other missions that uh that you think might be interesting because we've got a lot of people in play there's a lot of units to deploy i have an idea about one for kenny saving as many poker powered people as he can i mean i guess if he's doing jailbreaking then it makes sense that it could work with hannah's plan it's not antithetical to breaking out general phillips and candy if there is a plan to find out a way of breaking people out of the prison we could muscle in what Kenny wants into what Hannah wants. It's not necessarily sure, prisoner sure. specific. It's a yep. way to ensure that we can choose which prisoners we can break out. So we need to find a way. Maybe it's maybe it's like, you know, finding a way that we could access prisoner records so we know where they're kept. I like that. So you bas- you're you're sort of going to a a tech room. Okay. A tech room in vault where where prisoner records are kept. Yes. Perhaps it's a room linked with prisoner surveillance. Yeah, prison security, that sort of stuff. Okay. So you're looking for like a tech room where you can maybe knock down some surveillance and maybe remotely open some doors. Yeah. And if we wanted to like team ourselves up, I definitely think that could fall in line with what Hannah wants. 100%. Okay. All right. So let's put that, let's put a pin in that one. I think Brandy was always going to go with Rain. Yeah, the, the Extreme Bulls stuff sounds very much up Brandy's street. Mm. For Brandy, it's about releasing Lightning McQueen at this point. So she's always going to go with Rain. So can I just confirm that we're going to do these 
We've got these missions that we're going to do. After that, we storm the, the capital, a.k.a. the event. The event. Yes. So, Theo, what about what about you? Escape is probably the option because Theo is the one that did the big blackmail speech about needing an exit plan last episode. Like, that was Theo's big thing to Mr. N and Mrs. S, yeah. is we literally cannot get out of here unless you come with us. So it makes sense that it's probably Theo, N and S probably do escape plan. That's nice because then the tone doesn't leave you either, which is quite... Yeah. Like as much as Theo would like to sort of throttle Shine, that is Brandy's plot. Theo's plot is the escape route. So we've got the the, the Mr. N, Mrs. S uh, going with Theo. We've got... Hannah going with Kenny. Brandy going with Rain. Tallahassee would go with Brandy, I would imagine. And we've got... We had basketball team. <laughs> if they're folded in with the Pokemon army, though, then I guess they're all going with Kenny. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. The only others are the Pokemon army. Now, by Pokemon army, you're referring to the King Thrush Pokemon, the 50 Pokemon that Kenny recruited at the end of the Cosmic Power Arc from the Meteorite, yeah. Yeah. Can we think of, like, another mission that the Pokemon army slash basketball team have been assigned to do? Wildcard mission. Maybe they're just a distraction. Yeah, that's great. They they so there's a there's also our, our our final mission is create a distraction to lure a lot of the annoying grunts who might get in our way down to a different level of the prison. Exactly. We could take out some low ranking Helsing idiots by diverting their attention. In the mess hall. Oh the mess hall, yeah, that could work. Uh or <laughs> or maybe is, is it like a, a training a training facility is it the gym like the gym at the core that we've talked about what yeah we said warden viper was a was a gym leader didn't we yeah. yeah i guess she's incarcerated right now but she must have a gym so maybe it's yeah it's this training facility slash gym that the warden previously operated out of yeah i like yeah. i like love that. that oh i guess we should start with this one i love the idea that none of us knows what happens except us like none of our characters know but we know so let me get this straight so we've got the basketball team from the chaplaincy Plus Kenny's Pokemon Army and King Thrush is King Thrush with the Pokemon Army because obviously he's not in your active team, is he, Ali? He's not. No, he is. I think he is with them. Yeah. Oh, the pain I... on Ali's face having to say that. <laughs> no, no, the Kamoa is not on my active team. That Spiritomb that fainted with one shot, I was like, could swap that out for a Kamoa. <laughs> I could play the. I could play the character. No, I think. Um, I think King Thrush is is. Arc four, Kenny Pokemon. Kenny, where are you? Where have you briefed King Thrush about this element of the plan? I think Kenny tells King Thrush and all all of the gang how to get into the prison via the drains. That's, that's the only way he knows. So that's the way he tell them to do it. Okay, so you're connecting with King Thrush, who is, I guess, waiting in the tubes, waiting in the the bowels of the various drainage systems that litter. The, the bottom of the core prison and King Thrush has been there a while if there was a camera on him right now you could see the claws dug into the stone lining this tunnel sinew straining knowing that their time will come when suddenly there's a moment within King Thrush's head they feel whisk their consciousness into Kenny's mind palace you're in that space that black ickery space more familiar to you now obviously anything different about it anything changed there are a couple of plush uh, sofas tidy yeah recline they recline as well so kenny kenny's oh. kenny kenny's on a recliner 
motions to King Thrust. Come. Please, sit down. Welcome, welcome to my mind palace. If you hold down the button, it goes up and down. King Thrush goes to respond to you, Kenny, and go. Come, come on, come on. Oh, oh, it's happened. There's this moment, and you see on King Thrush's face this like, I knew it was coming, but it's still tough to deal with. Come on, come on. Oh, King Thrush, I'm sorry. I think we both knew this might have, this might have been an inevitability. But I just want you to know. The regal Pokemon that joined my team will forever be in my mind. That's the King Thrush that I've known for, what, three hours and loved for maybe half of that. You will always remain a king to me and therefore you will always be known by your true full name, King Thrush. King Thrush's chest swells with pride as he rears up on these two hind legs. And you see him stand to the fullest height you've seen him stand, Kenny. And he is a large Pokemon. Well, even taller now, he's standing on a recliner. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Just pushes a little button underneath. Just give that little bit of extra height. You're not going to stand on that bit. That'll break. Kenny, don't worry about it. I jump on it all the time. Yes, I, like, I really go to town on it. I know, you know what I, I'm saying? I know, people. You kind of created it, so... And I did create it to break. Yeah, inbuilt obsolescence inside a mine palace. That's evil, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the crazy tall, powerful Pokemon that I've brought into the mind palace, but you might want to watch your tone. That was me once. It's quite nice. It's almost like looking back at your old childhood. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe I'll get that powerful again, Kenny. Who knows? <laughs> Probably. I like your confidence. Anyway, All right. King Thrush, I have a mission for you and your loyal subjects. <laughs> I mean, do you choose to accept this mission? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> King Thrush, we're going to do a prison breakout and we need and I need your help. I need you and all of your followers still from the, you know, the meteorite to basically cause pandemonium in the gym. I'm going to mind palace up blueprint, blueprint, blah, 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 blah. Kenny also has an inbuilt obsolescence, if you haven't noticed, King Thrush, so we do need to upgrade him. Kenny, when you get a second, could you just plug yourself into the Wi-Fi and we'll download <laughs> oh, here the you software? Go. The blueprints. I'm going to bring the blueprints up all around us, like we're in some sort of Star Wars-y mind, like, map where it goes all around you. When you're in the gym, I want you to, to cause chaos, smash things up. All of your Pokemon do all of your moves at once. I need you to try to, you know, bring as many of their their grunts and as much of their attention down to the the gym as possible so that when we crash this event, we're not going up against their whole army. Instead, we're going up against, I don't know, probably their most, you know, plot-relevant characters. Kamoa. <laughs> Kamoa, can you tell me um, about the next great movie trailers that are coming? Coming soon <laughs> to a theatre near you. Can you say, find the diamond in the rough? Find the diamond in the rough. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Can Kenny come out of his mind palace and behind him, Anatoly is there. I understand the plan. You were luckily speaking out loud to yourself, but you had your back to me. It was a bit weird, but I get it. Me and the basketball boys will go to the gym. Hey, Kenny, Kenny, can you ask yes. us? Are you are you sure we can handle it? Oh, what was your name again? Oh, my name's Dimitri. Ah, Dimitri. I haven't spoken before. No, you're new. Hi, yes, I'm Kenny. Hello, hello, Kenny. 
That's the question. Uh, Dimitri, are you capable of shooting hoops so powerful that they will destroy gyms? Uh, yes, yes. I oh, Vlad, Vlad. I I had a I had a handling. I had a ball handling pun ready, and he didn't ask me the handling thing. I'm Anatoly, so I can't help you. Vlad, do you want to take this one? You are, you are his husband. <laughs> <laughs> no, I try to ignore him as much as possible. That seems fair. It's what every stable marriage is based on. Small Irish boy, could you please try and set it up again? He's, he, I pl- please, I think, I think he needs it quite badly. Set me up. Set me up for the dog. Set him set up, me up for, for a dog. dog. Here you go. Here's yep. a throw up in the air. No, I don't play basketball. I, I, I meant vocally. I meant a verbal, a verbal set. Everybody, let's go. Let's just go. Oh, this God. is terrible. Oh, Theo, I ruined it. Dimitri, you've really ruined... I think we're going to have to take a minus one on this roll. I think we are because of Kenny's bad hype job. <laughs> watching that scene was like watching me about 50 episodes ago. Really, really something, <laughs> so... Roll this though, Kenny. So roll 2d6 minus 1. What are you giving him a minus 1? Don't give him a minus 1. Yeah, I am. Oh my word! For fun. Well, it's an 8, so minus 1 makes it a 7. See? Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Mixed success. Okay. Well, it clearly works. The the distraction happens. Maybe... Hmm... Maybe the mixed success is that the, the battle works in that they create this huge distraction. But they are not able to subdue the Helsing grunts as quickly as they, they think. So actually, that battle will continue and they can't like provide any support in the actual event. They're, they are, they're wrapped up now. We, we won't see them for the rest of the arc. That is it. That's fun. And you actually could describe what? what? You want me to describe an entire battle scene right now between <laughs> six basketball people, 50 Pokemon and 100 grunts. Okay, Tom. <laughs> Okay, strap in, buddy. Right. <laughs> Part one. Chapter one. The metallic floor shimmered and grunted beneath the weight of 500 Pokemon as they ascended through the tubes 500? of toilet. 50. 500 50 Pokemon. Po- 50 Pokemon. You've already used the verb grunt and you're about to use the word grunt approximately like oh, uh, I thought the exact same thing, David. I thought lazy writing. I'm just saying, as your editor, I just think this is a first draft, but I need to, I need to flag those live comments as we go through the Google Doc. Real talk, though, I don't know whether I can describe That's an fine. entire battle right now. It. I think maybe a, 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 it's like a, a vignette insert. I like the idea, actually, of it being like a scene with one of the main trio and then a really short scene of the chaos downstairs and then back to another one of the trio and then another short scene of three oh, little well, we snippets. Oh, we cut back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, nice. Okay, okay, here's the plan. So you give me some lines some dialogue from the the battle that's happening right now and then each person use the other person's lines turn them into a vignette and we will we'll paint this beautiful picture of this incredible intense battle happening down in vipen's gym within the core between the basketball players kenny's pokemon army from the meteorite and the grunts of team helsing tom kick us off Fled! no oh no <laughs> that's bleak um <laughs> Um, That's David's voice line. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me give me something from a grunt. <laughs> you thought Pokemon could 
stop humans? You don't know Team Helsing. And is there a Mrs. Anthropomorphic Nine Tails? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's enough. Oh, um, uh, and also. Rayquaza! <laughs> Cut to the battle of Vipen's Gym. Normally, a life-sized Wild West model village now turned war zone. An iggly buff toddles through the chaos, its bright pink body covered tough to toe in dirt and ash. Mama! Mama! Where are- Their scream is cut short. Just up ahead, rounding a plastic Maractus cactus, a squadron of Helsing grunts appear with four volt orbs, rolling and sparking aggressively. The Helsing squadrons smirk at each other and march towards the tearful pink ball baby. Suddenly, a bright cloud scoops up Igglybuff and dives into the nearby Swadloon saloon. The Igglybuff looks upon their saviour. Shat it! The gangster Swirlix! Uncle Simon! Oi, don't call me that! It's shatting now, and you know that. Don't worry, we'll figure a way out of this. I'll get you back home doing Japanese shadow puppet theatre that we always love doing as a family around the holiday period. The windows of the saloon shatter all at once with the pressure of a combined sonic boom from the enraged vault orbs outside. The leader of the Helsing squadron cackles. I want that baby Pokemon. It will look nice stuffed and hanging above my mantelpiece. The other grunts shift uncomfortably. You, uh, you have a mantelpiece? Is, is that from, like, family money, or were you able to pay using your own salary? Silence, Dennis! We storm the saloon. Light now pours into the dark saloon, as Shattit and Flavia leap behind the bar. Looks like we're surrounded, little one. Any last words? Rayquaza! <gasps> That's it! You are an absolute genius. Meanwhile, outside... Wait, boss, I uh, think there's a Rayquaza in there! There isn't a Rayquaza in there, you fools. It... Just at that moment, they all see through the window a large shadow on the back wall of the saloon. A shadow looking not dissimilar to the legendary dragon Rayquaza. Rayquaza. Shattered and Flabby are hiding behind the bar, giving the shadow puppetry performance of their lives. All of Shattered the Swirlix's cotton candy body is being stretched to the limit as Flavia perches on his head, creating the horns and teeth. Quick, give him another, Flav! Rayquaza! And again! Rayquaza! And again! Rayquaza! Rayquaza! The Helsing leader grunt turns to see only the dust outlines of their squad, who have all decided they'd rather not die for the sake of their leader's mantelpiece. The leader too. They didn't even buy the mantelpiece, it was inherited from a great aunt. They turn and run back into the dust bowl. Back inside the saloon... Rayquaza! Alright, give it a rest now. Shattered and Baby Igglybuff emerge from behind the bar. Where's your friend Baggy? Do you think he's with my mum? The Swirlix closes their eyes, trying to remain strong despite their cotton body. Let's hope not, eh? And the two members of the fairy family venture back into the war zone. That was a war story from Vipen's gym. Who's that Pokemon? Come on. <laughs> Tom, you're... 
You are turning into half of a cow. I, I hope mm. that was planned. I'm actually a bit worried now because this person said I'd turn into a full cow and now I'm only half a cow. Mm. Can you help me? I would if David was here, but David's the expert on cow to human transformation. Oh, you see, no. actually for me, this is the ideal because this cow can now walk, but also be milked. On to the midsection now. <laughs> this midsection comes to us from Anorak Lucosia. I hope I'm saying that right, Anorak. Dear Critical Ditto cast, and Anorak, referring to us as a cast is just so wonderful to me. That's... I love it. Okay, here we go. I really enjoy listening to Critical Ditto. Please keep up the good work. You've probably got to that point where you're like, they did not keep up the good work. But hey, I would like to suggest... A gym. Gym leader's name is Khan, who specialises in... Oh, this is a new thing for Critical Ditto. Dark and psychic types. It's not, you are, it's not just dark you are types this me. time. It's you are kidding me. I was, I, do you know what, Tom? You, you, you suckered me in, mate. I was actually ready for like a... What's this? Is it based on like a Pokemon that used webbing or something exclusive? Ooh, oh. <laughs> the gym has a labyrinth made of mirrors filled with smoke. Khan's team consists of a Weavile, a Honchcrow, a Mighty Yeller... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm... <laughs> I'm mighty mighty yellow. Yellow. <laughs> Have your jokes. Come on. Gone. Welcome to Cards Gym. I'm the <laughs> Mighty Yellow. <laughs> yep. Okay. Glad we got that out of the system. An Alakazam. A Gardevoir. And finally, a Mr. Rhyme. Khan, yeah. to me, maybe it's just because of I've got Ruin on the brain. It sounds so similar to Ruin's gym. Oh, I was going about to, about to say, so if we remember, there was an he NPC does. Ruin who had a gym in which was similarly a maze. A dark type were... gym, but it was also a maze. So it can't be that these two gym leaders don't know each other. And I'm like, is what a copycat? I wonder if this is to do with the Council of Dark Gym Leaders that we've always joked about. But perhaps, They exist. They exist. Perhaps they exist. I think they exist. We now have enough. I guess their plan, in my head, it's to kind of create a franchise. So that Formia is just the region where it's just dark gyms. They just want to get rid of the other gyms. They don't want fire. They just want a group of dark type gym leaders running the place. And And one man with a Hitmonchan will conquer it all. I wonder if the gym leaders of Formia got together. Let's put Ruin as the original dark type gym leader. Yes. And I think perhaps they were usurped. And replaced, perhaps because of their links with Team Helsing, when mm. they they actually ousted Ruin from the eight, and there was no Dark Type gym leader. And Ruin has been slowly encouraging and creating more Dark Type gym leaders. Oh, building nice, a nice. Council, oh, that's good. Like an army, an army of an gym army, leaders. An army of Dark Type <laughs> gym leaders who are funded by Team Helsing. They are the gym challenge in waiting. As soon nice. as Helsing have fully taken over, yeah. and the gym leaders will be fired. And the dark type gym leader council will just step straight into the gyms. Currently, Khan doesn't have a labyrinth. They have the design of a labyrinth <laughs> they have the on blueprints. a piece of paper ready to be built. <laughs> Instead of, you know, the current flying type gym leader's stupid fan maze. <laughs> They're going to rip out the fan maze? Tom, that costs millions. That costs millions. It costs millions. And they don't want it anymore. <laughs> They're going to purposefully break the fans from the oh. fan maze. Stu, can I hear Khan pitching this? To Ali, the tech designer for the Pokemon League on the gym division, he's almost sort of stage manager. Uh, I've got, I've got your plans here. Just run me through points one to four again, because I wasn't quite sure what you meant by um, mist maze. Well, I I think it's quite self-explanatory. The maze is made of mist. Yes, but like mist is is not solid. If it was a maze, I would just walk straight through it. But you can't walk through the mist. 
That would ruin the maze. But you see, my point, if I were to get from one end to the other and I just walked straight... Well, that would be cheating. Is it not just a flaw in your system of... No, no, I want you to build the mist maze for me, please. Okay, again, building mist. All right, listen, I've never been been a gym leader before. This is my first time. I was invited by Ruin. I need a minute. Hello, Ruin. Hello? Ruined. They they laughed at me like like I said they would. They laughed at me. They said my miss maze was a bad idea. Ruined. I don't know if I could be a dark type gym leader on your council. I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> Look, you go in there and you show them who's boss. You trap them in the mist and make them get out. How do you do it, Ruined? How do you how do you be so dark and brooding and cool? It's it's in the eyes. It's all in the eyes. In the eyes. Definitely not in the accent. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. <laughs> Members of the council. It also helps ruin because ruin is very long and thin. Khan, are you? Do you have a thing? A physical? I'm, I'm, no, head? I'm. Yes, I'm short and wide. I, my brother is actually Grundle uh, McScrooge. Yes, you know him. Yes, that's my brother. Yeah, yeah we go way back. We were friends at school. Uh-huh. Oh, if Grundle's if Grundle's your brother, then you can do what you want with the maze. Here you go, mate. There you are. Oh, great, my Miss Maze. And thank you so much, Anorak. That was a great midsection character. Another member of the Dark Gym Leader Council. If you have a midsection character or place or item that you would like included in a midsection, please email criticalditto at gmail.com. And if you would like your midsection to jump straight to the top of the queue, and by top of the queue, I mean to air in about six to eight months, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash critical ditto, where you can sign up to become a Pokemon champion, and you get other perks as well, including just supporting the podcast like an absolute hero. Um, I'm still a cow, but David is back. David, our our cow transformation expert, you can advise Tom has half changed into a cow. Tom, do you want to finish the transformation or reverse it? I'm unsure. Depends. Would I be milked either way? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, technically, is it just transforming in full the same as finishing the track? Like, is this the same? I mean, I guess the milk is the big differential here. Who's that Pokemon? Come on. It's Kamoo. Okay, great. Let's go to Brandy. So you have gone with Rain, right? And did you say Tallahassee Bingeworth is there too? Well, it makes sense. Otherwise, what's, what else is he doing? So, uh, yes. What is the the plan? Yes. What is what is the plan? My name is Rain. Hi, Rain. Tallahassee. Glad you're being played by the same person. This is going to be great. If you oh, two God. want to converse which, at all, do please do. Which which one would you prefer to be, Stu? Uh, I guess I'll be Rain. I feel like Tallahassee is easier to improv. Yeah, sure. <laughs> David, do you want to take Tallahassee or should I? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was unbelievable from Ali there. You know what? Loved that. Sure. Sure. Why not? <laughs> so good. So good from Ali. <laughs> Absolute trolling right there. Where are we, Brandy? Are we on our way? Is Rain leading you through the... Uh... I think we're following Rain. Obviously, as Brandy knows, there are no railings in Formia. So we're on a very, very thin walkway going between level two and level three of the core prison. So we are like the wind is is whistling. You know that cavernous space sound that's just yeah. like oppressively large and scary and beneath you is that blackness as you just drop down into the core itself and we're just on this gangplank just kind of like shuffling sideways across it as we're trying to meander our way to some steps that would take us down a level I am getting such Star Wars vibes from this oh yeah yeah we're in like the Death Star yeah yeah Ali knows Ali's getting it yeah shuffle 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 shuffle. yes I'll do it again I'll explain to you what we're doing again 
See? This is great casting. Look at that. Natural. I don't know why we bought the casting director with us as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to keep the part or do you want to keep your mouth shut? I'm so, so sorry. So sorry. Of course. I really do. I really do. I need this job. I'm, I'm interested in our casting director. How many other people did you have on the shortlist to play Brandy? Most of them were from Essex and female. Um, and I would probably argue that the casting director did a terrible job. <laughs> uh, no offence. Tom, would it be insensitive to point out that now that your wig is is quite bad? It's so bad. I love the idea that Brandy is just Tom in a pink wig. <laughs> it's, it's not a character of our creation. It is Tom just cosplaying as Stacey Dooley. <laughs> Fun fact, Amy Amy massaged Stacey Dooley at the weekend. That is cool. Was she good to massage? I don't really know what question you ask. As a <laughs> was her skin supple was... and soft? I, I believe probably. Did she fart yeah. during the event? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what you ask. Um, yes, Tallahassee, I'll explain it to you again. Right. Rain is trapped in an extreme ball. Yes. Carl Cole, aka Lightning McQueen, is also trapped in an extreme ball. Rain? is being very obstinate and not releasing Karkov from the Extreme Ball, which they have the power to do because that's how Extreme Balls apparently work. The owner yeah, and this is how deals them. work. You do something, you get something in return. Exactly. So we are going to try and find Shine, who currently owns the Extreme Ball that Rain is trapped within, to get her to release them. Is that simple enough? I mean, simple's maybe not the word I would use, but it does sound very exciting and uh, full of danger, which I think we all know I'm quite the fan of. And you're wearing a full lycra suit now. I don't know how. And yet somehow still the hypno buckle is still here. Is it beneath, beneath the lycra? The lycra. <laughs> it's under the lycra. <laughs> well, that's misleading. <laughs> Rain, I'm telling you right now, it's really not misleading. So, <laughs> very honest. So yeah, that's what we're doing, Tallahassee. And to be honest, I, I need to I need I, I need to talk to you at some point as well. Um, probably not now, but after this whole thing has has been has happened, I think me and you need to have a, 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 a chat. Would you like to have a conversation with me whilst kissing, like we normally do for added security? I think this kind of conversation. Um, you're right. We have that rule in the contract as well: kissing conversations for security. I'm uh, sorry for sense. added security. Yes, yeah, nobody can see be... the movements of the lips. It's a it's a powerful espionage technique. We can't be lit red, Rain. It's not weird. You're weird. Rain rolls their eyes and just carries on shuffling. But basically, we have to break into. Where are we going again, Rain? Where's Shine hold up? Shine's laboratory. A laboratory. She's a scientist. Yeah, a scientist of pain. No, in in all fairness, she is uh, she's a brilliant mind. It's just a shame that her pursuits are so uh, focused on the perverse. Well, a sub goal of ours is that Shine's lab is where all the currently experimental extreme balls are being kept. So we're gonna try and stop them. If that's right with you, Tallahassee. According to my contract, I'm not allowed to stop any sub goals, only primary goals. So now that you've used the code words, I'm powerless to stop you. All right, we're here. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> This is a cat flap, Rain. <laughs> I mean, is it like a, the vents? Air duct. Air duct. Yeah, let's go with an air duct. So there is an air duct that Rain leads you to on level two after you've been shuffling down this gangplank for quite some time. And you all crawl through this air duct until you reach a piece of iron grate which allows you to look in down on Shine's laboratory. The room is small compared to the adjoining cavernous walkways of the core, open as they are to the pit from which the prison was created. The lighting in here, however, is similarly nauseating, but more due to its hue 
a sickly green emanating from various translucent vats of unidentifiable viscous material, each oozing like a grimer on heat. Spherical objects hang from the ceiling, bolts of blue lightning leaping between them like Tesla coils, giving the impression of an unceasing storm laying siege to the equipment below. The equipment is as wild and inscrutable as Shine herself, all knobs, dials and levers with no obvious function, wires and tubes undulating across the floor like the tentacles of a metallic tentacruel. The corners of the room are littered with crates. One of the crates lies open, revealing row after row of experimental extreme balls. The first row has a ball missing, presumably Rain's unlucky method of capture. Ali, what is distinctive about these experimental extreme balls compared to the regular chrome ones? They buzz with electrical energy. So they've got so that kind of Tesla coily electric thing mm. is oh, I love that. That's very clever, Ali. Okay, so they have kind of periodic blue electrical sparks coming off them. Mm, yeah, nice. I also thought I, I I need a new name for them because saying experimental extreme ball every time is just maybe. X experiment uh XX X, X extreme X X extreme X extreme these are X extreme balls so they've got two X's on we don't want to get to the XXX ball <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to the central feature of the room is an operating table complete with powerful restraints and appendages holding horrifying tools the table itself looks scorched and the faint burning smell coalesces with the pungent aroma of the green vats to create a sickly cocktail of weird science Shine herself has stripped out of her all-black vampire squad clothes and has moved into something she seems more comfortable in. Her hair remains wild, her makeup still distinctively abhorrent, but her costume seems more in keeping with how she sees herself. David, what is Shine's lab aesthetic? Her lab aesthetic is... is like an all-red leather version of a schoolgirl outfit. Dang. She giggles to herself, enjoying her work before turning back to her latest experiment and test subject. Tom, what slash who is Shine working on? Okay, I'm going to say that she is working on the Polywhirl Delch. Delch the Polywhirl. That's a that good she shout. Captured from. That's a really good shout. What is what is Shine doing to Delch? She's trying to teach Polywhirl a move that Polywhirl can't learn. Well, when when Theo thought fought shine she was taken down by a fighting type move so maybe it's a move that's good against fighting types like a flying nice. move or a psychic a move. flying move that would be cool so she's trying to teach polywhirl wing attack trying to give poly like give polywhirl wings yeah exactly she's got this like she's attached this kind of metal wing device and is trying to teach polywhirl the wing attack but it's painful <laughs> oh polywhirl don't you look so cute in your little Little metal wings. <laughs> Do you like them? Do you like them, Pollywell? Pollywell, do you think I'm a brilliant mind? Pollywell is nodding and clapping. I agree. I agree. I mean, I know, I know, teaching a Pollywell wing attack, that's that's one thing, isn't it? But but creating this, and Shine gets one of the X-Extreme balls out, modifying this piece of tech. Now, this this is an achievement, don't you think, Pollywell? <laughs> Once this is complete, Pollywell, <laughs> I mean, nobody's safe. We have... Absolute control. <laughs> Poker powers, humans, Pokemon. 
we can hold anyone at any time and make them do anything. It's almost it's almost too much power, Polyworld. The mind boggles. What do you do with it? What would you do with it, Polyworld? If you had absolute power, absolute control over someone, what would you do? Brandy bursts from the vent down to face off with Shine and says, I think Polyworld would decide to kick your ass. Rain descends next to you, Brandy, and says quietly, Are you sure you want to do this? I can't help you. While I'm in the extreme ball, she has total dominance over me. Yes, Rain, I get it. I didn't stick to the plan. But the thing you're going to learn about Theo, Kenny and I is we very rarely stick to the plan. I'm just going to stay up here in the vent if that's over right with you. Yes, that's absolutely okay, as long as you put your lycra suit back on. I shall be the observer. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, fine. I don't know what else you'd do. What does Tallahassee do? That's such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Casting director, I thought you left. You cast Tallahassee. Everyone makes one mistake. Shine turns to you, Brandy. Well, 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 this is an unexpected guest. Who are you then? You a friend of uh, one of the ones that we, we fought down in the meteorite? One of the ones that you lost to down in the meteorite, and you're about to lose to again. And who's your friend? Rain? Rain? You've made a friend? That's delightful. Of course, I didn't tell you you could leave, so actually you running away from me was technically an escape, wasn't it, Rain? I think I think that was a naughty thing for you to do. Shine gets out the ex- experimental extreme or the XX ball on her belt and just twists the dial, and you see Rain again, like you saw him in the chaplaincy, contort and fall to the floor. Uh, uh, I can't fight it off much longer. It's trying to make me attack you. Uh. Shine, stop, stop it, all right? I've got a proposal for you right here, right now. Proposal? Just stop torturing Rain for a second. Not that kind of proposal, you sick freak. (laughs) You're funny. (laughs) All right, I'll hear you out. And she turns the dial down. Rain collapses to the floor. A Pokemon battle. You versus me. I win. You release my colleague Rain here from the extreme ball. You win. You can capture me or Tallahassee. You can capture Tallahassee in an extreme No, 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 no. You've said you. You've said you. <laughs> Classic We brandy. come as a pair, so Classic you can take brandy. Tallahassee and me. Oh, you're certainly older than my other one, and... Hmm. I don't know if I am older. I, d- I do like the, I do like the pink hair. It's cute, and it goes with my green vats. Mm. I'm pretty sure Rain <laughs> is about 40. I don't know if that's true. You know what? This is not the time. You think you can beat me on my home turf in my own laboratory? Oh, sweet child. <laughs> Correction, Shine. I don't think I can beat you. I know I can beat you. You're on. Sunita and Doug stared at the gaggle of celebrating Pokemon and clutching at wounds from the recent battle for the waterhole. They, like the rest of their squad, had fled in the carnage. Now they were perched on the roof of the stables, a convenient hiding place that allowed them a perfect view of the waterhole in case Helsing reinforcements arrived. That trappage, growled Sunita, nursing a twisted ankle. 
They had so nearly claimed the well in the centre of the gym before, suddenly, sand everywhere. A trap inch in full medical garb led a counterattack. Helsing forces, blinded in the sand stream that engulfed them, panicked and ran for their lives. Sudag and Sunita hid and watched. Watched as numerous other meteorite Pokémon joined the Commander General Trapinch in revelry. A Darumaka, a Zerua, a Swirlix, a Zerua, an Iglybuff, a Zerua, a Zerua, then finally a Zerua. Watched as the Zeruas put on a play of the battle, transforming into the various Pokémon involved. That's bleak said Doug, as he saw the moment his Blossom went down played with particular relish. Then, <laughs> they watched no longer. The roof they were lying on gave way and they plummeted down into the stables. The Helsing duo were assaulted by pain, panic hooves, hay and broken timber before suddenly, quiet, warmth. They opened their eyes and saw before them a resplendent Ninetales, walking towards them on their hind legs, having calmed the various equine Pokémon within the stable. The Ninetales helped Sunita and Doug to their feet, supporting Sunita, still struggling on her ankle. He led them through the stable and towards the exit of the gym, safely guiding them past a fearsome Kamoo. As Ninetales put Sunita down, she turned to him. I don't understand. Why? Why did you help us? We were beaten, at your mercy, in those stables. Why have you led us to safety? The Ninetales went to speak, then grimaced and, with great difficulty, spoke the last human words he would ever say. You think different is enemy. No, we must all live. Free us and you. Tears swelled in Sunita's eyes as she nodded solemnly. What a fool she was to have followed Helsing's doctrine so religiously. This was a Pokemon-human hybrid. Different, enemy but one who had saved her life. She vowed to remember this moment always. She smiled and left the gym. Doug had remained silent this whole time. He, like Sunita, was greatly affected by the actions of this kind, magnificent Pokemon. He turned to leave, but couldn't, not before he'd asked his question. A question that would change his life forever. And is there a Mrs. Anthropomorphic Ninetales? That was a war story from Vipin's gym. So Shine is sending out her resurrected Weavile, but she's she has uh, she's healed her Weavile in one of her green vats, and this poor Weavile is just covered in this horrible, acidic, viscous liquid. Weavile, Weavile! Technically been revivified, but almost looks like a weird, green, sludgy hybrid of a Weavile and a Grimer. And it's gonna come at you with, because it's got green stuff, it's coming at you with a cross poison. It's going for a cross poison. An X poison. An XX poison. Who is out for you and how do you respond? Go! Wimpy! And throws out Lopany uh, and sees that Lopany is still injured. Lopany! Lopany! And Brandy suddenly thinks for a second. I think I should use a different no. Pokemon. No, 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 Penny, no, Penny, no, Penny, no, Penny. And she sort of retracts the ball and realizes, no, Lopenny's up for this. I'm not going to do that to him. And Lopenny gives the nod. No, Penny. So Wimpy's up for it, and the cross poison is coming at Lopenny. How does he respond? Lopenny, 
dodge in and amongst the scientific equipment. Wait till you wait till you get an opening. I'm gonna try and create a create an advantage by okay. using the scientific equipment around the room. Perhaps one of the bats as a cover, which is plus speed, which Lopini is a plus three. Oh wow. Speed. Whoa. Okay. One I. Damn, that's that's good strats. Oh my word, did I need it! Oh Ooh. A one plus a three plus three. Ooh. So it's a wow. seven. Wow. Just a seven. Okay. Oh my Lord. So I think Lopini's, Lopini's injury means they're slightly slower. That makes sense. Okay, here we go. So, for creating advantage, you, you can do one of the following. Take plus one forward or give plus one forward to another trainer or Pokemon. Heal one harm. Inflict plus one harm next time you harm an enemy. Force your foe where you want them. Suffer one less harm next time you take harm. Wimpy is going to plus one harm next time um, do more damage. Okay, great. On their turn. And the way that happens is that Wimpy darts behind one of these vats, but it's a different vat. There's black liquid within this vat. So mm. Lopini just about manages to escape the cross poison from Weavile darting we behind we this Weavile. vat. And Weavile instead connects with this vat of black goo that. Um, starts to sizzle on Weavile's skin, perhaps making it more susceptible to damage in the next turn, as nice. Lopini jumps on top of the on top of the vat, balancing on the edge, and jumps towards Weavile. Lopini! Double kick! And Lopini's going in for a double kick. And Weavile is going to attempt to fire an icicle up at you. Icicle crash. Uh, to try and intercept this double kick coming down at it from uh, from above. Okay, roll, kick some frostlass. Lopini is um, plus two in physical, and that is a four plus a four plus a two, ten. Oh, Max. there it goes. Max there it damage, goes. baby. And this is you're going to add plus one damage to whatever you do here. Yes. Yes. Okay, so you're both the same evolution. We're stage two. So you're stage two. You're not above. Weavile, and it is a super effect. It's plus two because it's doubly effective, correct? Yeah. yeah. Double kick. Yep. Yeah. So that's plus four. Oh god, four plus the plus the one that you had from Extra. crit advantage plus your D four. It's a three. Oh, oh, oh absolutely. Have some of that Weavile. So how much is that total? Eight. Eight. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So we cut, but we cut back to Brandy and Theo, previously talking, uh, where Theo has literally written out a battle plan for Brandy and she's got it written in like on her hand is like create advantage use your surroundings if possible wait for your opening double kick doubly effective against Weavile as the opening move and it goes perfectly to plan Brandy can't believe it and suddenly in her head thinks maybe Theo did teach battling at one point <laughs> this has gone really well as Wimpy double kicks Weavile across the room straight over into some more X extreme balls that suddenly scatter around. And you see Shines, she's doing that little twitchy smile, that like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. This is just the opening gambit. She is going to hit a button next to her, and the restraints on Delch the Polywell release. And she turns the dial on the extreme ball of Delch up to maximum, and you see Delch rise up, leap up towards the electrified Tesla coils on the ceiling and actually grab onto one. And you can see that the lightning is hurting this poor Poliwhirl, but still clings on with white mitted hands before leaping off and diving to use this new wing attack with these metal wings. Oh, you have some tactical moves. Yes, yes, that makes you think that you are a, a substantive battler. 
But here's the thing. I have no moral compass. And I think you do. All logic and sense was lost in the sizzle and screams of a thunderbolt whipping around the room, dust clouds thrown into the air by a deeply existential rhyhorn. The chaos is such that it is hard in the dust and cacophony to tell who is human or Pokemon, who is basketball player, and who is Helsing. In it all, Anatoly and Vlad are as hunched and focused as persimmons, their church votive candles drawn, their hands stained with the powders they've been pulling from their bandoliers. They fire off a barrage of stat changes and buffs, the terrain changing from a sunny day to a misty terrain to a grass-like aura as each hurls something else at the enemy. This is ridiculous, cried Vlad, his words completely deadened by the screams of war. I'm a powered forward and here I am acting like I'm a white mage. There was nothing from his comrades, deafened by conflict, though he could see a few of them were engaged in combat elsewhere, will-o'-wisps whirling about them. Or were they, he panicked, the Helsing grunts cursed with these burning afflictions by his teammates. Through the sandstorm and debris, he could barely tell. But he knew that if he sat here casting spells like Mr. N rather than scoring baskets like Vladimir Oblonsky III was taught to do, he would never be able to look his comrades in the eye again. He was on his feet before he could even weigh the pros and cons of doing so, careening out from the paddock they had turned into their battle station, sprinkling the crushed remnants of a cadaverous spoon over the magical flame of his candle, before he noticed the Rhyhorn had U-turned back into the fold. Vlad! No! Anatoly's cry merged with the strange, ethereal hum of Vlad's reflect springing into life before him, and the blast of a Skuntag's flamethrower tossing the Rhyhorn into the air, its flailing form and failing speech swallowed by a detonation from across the room. Through the prismatic sheen of Vlad's barrier, he could see a Helsing grunt smirking as they sat side-saddle atop their massive skunk. <laughs> you thought Pokemon could stop humans? You don't know Team Helsing! Vlad felt a familiar weight crash into his side. Anatoly had leapt from his hiding place and joined his brother in arms. With a familiar nod, they both charged at their enemy like it was the final minute on the clock. That was a war story from Vipin's Gym. Okay, so Theocene, oh my god, right. So Theo, you're travelling with Mr. N and Mrs. Mm -hmm. S, correct? Just Is it just you three? Uh, I guess so, like, there's nobody left really. Yeah. <laughs> Were you expecting anyone else, Theo? Didn't just show up. Adri would just crop up somehow with a with a <laughs> mega super manectric like they did in the last bloody plotline. So I guess, Stu, do you want to play Mister N in this one? Yeah, sure. Yes. And then I think I guess the only choice is Ali as Mrs. S. Yeah, that was coming. <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. Yeah. So Tom, now you're fair. playing the casting director, and I am going to sit back and admire <laughs> my work on a job well done. Okay, so Theo, how do you think we are approaching? Do we like exit giant elevator in the center? I, I sort of see like a big bridge going out over the um, the core chasm and then this giant tubular elevator that would lead up to the surface, just suspended. One way in, one way out. One way, one way in, one way out, absolutely. Yeah. So this is the route that everybody would have taken if we had just gone with the cavalcade. And gone into yes. the prison that way would have been this elevator. Yeah, we would have we would have arrived at the surface and then taken the elevator down mm -hmm. into the prison. Mm -hmm. cool. Exactly. Okay. So how are Mr. N, Mrs. S and Theo are basically approaching this this bridge? I mean, I guess the question with this is, what is the rest of the prison's 
relationship to Mr. and Mrs. S? Are they seen as sort of a part of like the harmonious prison's existence? Are they seen as trouble every time they arrive somewhere? Because I am currently with two quasi inmates. So that's going to kind of change the vibe of how this goes. I sort of saw the compass points Mm. of the church as having some kind of diplomatic Mm. immunity. I don't know. What do we think? Is it more interesting? I think that makes complete sense. I don't think there's any love lost between, obviously, Mr. and Mrs. S and, you know, for instance, Team Helsing. Sure. But I think maybe under the previous ownership, there was a fairly amicable understanding between them with Warden Vipen. Well, I guess that also suggests then that the compass points have both used this elevator a lot of times. Maybe what we are doing is just... Maybe they know what's guarding it? Yeah, so I guess we're just having to neutralise whatever the guarding force is. Okay, so on the way... On the way, we're talking about what that is. Okay. So um, the two of you just come and go as you please all the time in this incredibly high security prison. Well, I mean, we've been working squirreled away within the chaplaincy for the last month, two months. How long has it been, Mrs. It's, it's, it's been nearly two months. I do remember, I do remember our, our entrance, but it's, it's, it's foggy. It might, maybe that's the, the, the effects of the portal that I just went through. And I do remember a, a great glass elevator. I also remember that there's something there stopping people from getting out. Did that thing stop you getting into the prison as well? Is it just for people trying to get out? Is this a what, what's going on there? Is it like a thing? Is it like a Pokemon? Is it a person? I think I think it's a Pokemon. I think it's a Pokemon. Yeah. We are in a Pokemon. <laughs> really hazy memories there. Real <laughs> hazy. But I'll go with. I can't it. remember okay. exactly which Pokemon. Sure, of course not. I remember not. that. That Pokemon could be controlled, could it not? Yes, that's that's an excellent point, Mrs. That, S. Love that's that. How the, that's how they let people in and out at their whim. Did Was there a device, Mrs. And S? Was, I, there, was it I a... I feel like there would need to be to control such a Pokemon. I, I agree. Power. I agree. Such power, yes. Um. Yes, you couldn't <laughs> simply capture a Pokemon Goodness, like that. Goodness, no, to... no, I presume. No, presume. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I'm a compass point. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a very large Pokemon of... From what I remember, when we arrived, we didn't see it fully. It was lurking beneath the elevator. Okay. Like some kraken. And, uh, but, we, but we've been told that if any, anyone dares cross it, they are mincemeat. I, I believe it has flying capabilities in case anyone dare try to scale the walls. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, there's a lot of mixed metaphors here, guys. Are we talking about are we talking about a kraken or are we talking about a flying creature? But I mean, either way, I'll beat We're it. We're talking why not, about why not both? flying kraken. <laughs> why not both? I hear, I hear someone strap metal wings to a polywork <laughs> recently. Why not both? The two of you and your curiosity is both amazing, baffling, and very difficult for this fact-based mission. But you know what? I'm here for the long haul. So let's <laughs> uh, let's see what happens. Always be asking Oh, questions. here we go. Here we go. Listen, I... Okay, <laughs> right. Well, it's not that fun it's used on me. Theo, what do you think this guardian Pokemon might be? See what I yes, see what I did, yes. Mr. <laughs> what do you see what I did, Mr. <laughs> that is why I recommended you for the Southern Compass Point. That's exactly oh. the kind of initiative. Oh, it's all very Kane and Adri. I love you, Mr. I Mrs. love S. you too, Mr. N. Except for the <laughs> intense kissing. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, any room? Uh, no, Mrs. Okay. S, Mrs. S, we do have a mission. We have of a mission. <laughs> Well, is it is it is it a it's not it's not any of the great legendary Pokemon, I presume, I hope, I pray, I beg. Although he did just beat a Moltres, so I mean uh... Yes, can't be can't be a Moltres. Just the casting director here already cast Moltres in this uh, <laughs> in this season. So I, I honestly Yeah. Moltres was only option for two episodes. We cannot bring Moltres. <laughs> honestly, they are on such a high engagement fee, it's unreal <laughs> that I re- we can't bring them back. Theo, Theo, I think we're about to find out. And you three have approached the bridge. This 
huge long bridge that stretches out from the perimeter of the core at the top level, level one, all the way out into the chasm opening to the center and this giant elevator tube. And you see there are various floodlights that are all pointed onto the bridge. They all lead this pathway, this hellish pathway towards what looks like it could be salvation, but you know in your head is possibly the most threatening thing in this entire prison, the last line of defense from those foolish enough to even consider escaping. The wind whistles, howls, but Bridge calls to you, Theo. What do you do? Theo has had enough experience now of rushing in to bad situations and so is going to is going to send sort of a missile across to sort of lure out whatever threat might be across it. Theo's going to send a will-o'-wisp around the area and see if it lures the attention of whatever this threat is. It's, I mean, it's oddly, oddly quiet up here. Even Mr. N and Mrs. S might have remarked on the fact that there seems to be very few people around, even under the new ownership, which suggests that obviously this battle is going on downstairs somewhere. But the, the silence and the quiet up on this bridge even makes it possibly more haunting. And the only sound that comes is this... <laughs> as this tiny will-o'-wispy magic missile just travels across the bridge. It's blue light mi- mixing with the floodlights as it travels along. Theo, I guess you're going to have to roll. You roll well, it's a surskit. You roll bad, <laughs> it's a requaison. So it's plus sharp because it's a poker power, I presume? Or is it check a place out and therefore... Well, maybe it's check a place out because we don't use that enough. Okay. And one of the questions is, what here is the biggest threat to me? <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, exactly. well, that's, that is still a sharp roll, isn't it? So that's yeah. a plus three. Okay, so I rolled a four and a two. That's a six plus a three for a nine. Mixed success. You get one question. What happened oh, here recently? What be? is about to happen? Mm. What what Pokemon is nearby? Mm. What should I be on the lookout for? What here is useful or valuable to me? Who what is really in control here? What here is not what it appears to be? I guess what Pokemon is nearby actually is probably the is probably the most logical question in that situation. Why did I not stop after three? <laughs> <laughs> So Theo, you follow this will-o'-wisp as it travels down the bridge, approaching this plinth, this illuminated plinth with a, some kind of, it's difficult to tell from this distance, but it looks like some kind of cube on top. And as soon as your little fiery ember enters that light-filled zone, it just extinguishes. And there's a small bit of smoke in the air. And there is a rumble beneath you. Mr. N and Mrs. S clutch each other. You hold yourself, steady your core against the undulations of the ground beneath you. And from beneath the elevator chamber, you see two hands suddenly emerge. White clawed, green wrists, cell-like, each a hexagonal shape. Black arms lead to this chest which seems to have some kind of snake-like serpentine face on it and a green fin protruding from the solar plexus. This figure starts to climb up the elevator from beneath it to get on top towards the bridge and you see it is humanoid. It has these black tendrils, red, green and blue coming off of its back and it steps down. In front of this cube, it's Zygarde, 100% form, and this weird dragon ground automaton is here to guard this elevator. Oh my sloking, says Mr. N. 
Oh yes, I remember it now. It was that. That was what was here. Yeah, worse. That's, That's worse. That's worse than what I remember. But yes, yes. I think I once saw it as some kind of weird worm, but now mm. this is this is terrible. We should leave. Yes, we should go. Thea, this no, is too much. This I, is too listen. much for us. Oh, I've waited for the day that I got to solve a mystery with two of the compass points, and if that involves us going on a suicide run for a small game in the middle of a very precarious platform to unleash an elevator to a maximum security prison, then so be it. That is how it's going to go. So you better get ready because we are going to go down to that cube, which is clearly very important because all the lights are on it and we are going to solve why we are here, which is finding an escape route for us and the toe. I admit that will be a complication. And this one's called Submission. Not that uh, made me sound like it was two words. It's not. It's just submission. Like a submission would be like a, a mission with a, a side quest. But this is not. This is submission. It's a good arc. It's the final arc of season three. This is the one. Gets wild. I mean, this episode got wild. Thanks for sticking with us with these crazy ideas involving random vignettes that we just stick in the middle of the episode to describe a battle happening in another room. <laughs> Narrative, eh? Thank you to Satoshi Tajiri and Junichi Masuda for creating Pokemon. Uh, they're great. What they've done is great. And we're not associated with them. We are not-for-profit and we are fan-made. Thank you to Glitch X City, to Braxton Burks and Materia Collective, and to Epidemic Sounds for all the music and sound effects and wonderful things, uh, production-y-wise, that you can hear in this episode. And a huge thank-out to our... Our main folks, the people who support us. The list is long now, folks. It's a long list. I'm wondering whether we should maybe do like patron spotlights or something like that, because there's a lot of people now to get through in the uh, in the outro. Uh, so stick with us as we explore some options. But for now, thank you to Sandy Swain, Mark Smith, Brad Demon Dorker, Dowker, Dowker. Extra special thank you this week go to uh, Brad as well because they provided the voice of our previously. And a reminder that you can also do that if you are a champion tier patron. Submit your previouslys. Get them in. We want a whole bank. My cabbage. My cabbages! Dr. Rani. Jeremby's mum. <laughs> you're, you're more than just... You're more than that, Jeremby's mum. Digeezy. Ollie B. Alex W. Chris Baye. Huxley Spicer. I mean, that's a Star Wars character, isn't it? I get the fastest ship in the galaxy. My name's Huxley Spicer. Beth Chivers. Jam. <laughs> I swear I haven't seen Jam before. Heather L. Snell. Megan Taylor. Betsy Lewinlay. Ryan Teague. Like League. Darius, Darius Jakowski. Pokerdash 55. D.W. Hollins. Audrey Resendiz. Ellie Lieberman. Jeremby. Carrie Morrison. Scott M. Exclamation mark. Dr. Megaman PhD. Haikili. Kaikapin Cosplay. Big Fat Nuke, Jonah Jackson, Trigula, Josh Anderson, Janderson, if you will, Alchemage, Cesar Trevenu, Force Majeure, Crandon Creations, Eric Eichinger, Millamoy, Ginny Voss, and 
the OG Alistair Collinson, thank you so much all for your incredible support. It's a big help at the moment, trust me, in the this new year. Because it is Happy New Year, by the way. We are going to be looking at alternative ways to record because with myself having a new baby and uh, people getting new jobs and all sorts, it is, it's tricky to find the, uh, the regular time slots that we had before. So we're looking into renting space in central London that we can record in and basically keep this train trucking right into season four. And that's all because of you patrons for supporting the show. So thank you from all of us. Uh, for allowing us to do what we do. Finally, thank you to my players, Ali, Tom, David. Here we go, last last arc of the season. I'm nervous, but I hope you all enjoy, and we will see you in two weeks for the next instalment. And until then, remember, adventure is out there. You just got to step in the tall grass. It's a belch. It's Delch. It's Delch.